Welcome to Thrive Beyond Pornography, the podcast where real couples like us candidly navigate the journey to a healthier, more connected life. Join us as we share personal experiences, expert insights, and practical tips to help you thrive in your relationships and break free. Together, let's repair and build a rock-solid connection, becoming a couple that can overcome any challenge. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another beautiful Mastery Monday here on the Self Mastery Podcast. I'm your host, Zach Spafford, and I'm joined by Darcy today. Hey. Hi. How are you? I'm doing well. Did you have a good day? She made bagels for us today. She's like freaking Homemade bagels. Homemade bagels. Yeah. (laughs) I guess I could have said, she made bagels for us today, and people are like, what? She like put them in the toaster and like put some cream cheese on it for you? No. What what kind of terrible? (laughs) (laughs) No, she made homemade bagels on the stove and in the oven today in like amazing fashion. I was super, super pleased with that in my life. Hey, so today we're going to talk about intimacy. And this is uh, episode number four of a five-part ser- series on love. And, you know, it's the it's the month of February. We have all thought about love all month long, hopefully. And you, you're probably <laughs> like, I did all the wonderful things for my wife. And so she loves me. That's not what we're talking about. Uh, we are talking about love from uh, a slightly different perspective, a perspective of how do we actually create the person we want to be so that our partner chooses us and we can choose them freely, not out of coercion, not out of manipulation, not out of obligation, not out of duty, but because That's who we want to be, and that's how we want to live our lives. And this is the work. This is the really, really hard work. And I actually had had a text from a client recently, and it was so beautiful. I was so so glad to get it because he was like, dude, I have been taking this month and everything. Well, this is what he said. I'll read you the text. Sorry for the late text. Your podcasts have influenced a lot of deep thought for me this week and I think some noticeable growth. I wanted to share with you some of the thoughts that I've recorded on my phone. I would also appreciate some feedback on it if you have time, but no rush. And then, you know, he talked about some of the thoughts. And this is this is the work that I hope you're doing as you listen to these podcasts and making this real for you so that not only do you have, you know, something of value, but maybe you're just moving just that one level higher. And if you need help doing it, Sign up for the membership or sign up to, you know, get a free consult, zaxbafford.com slash work with me. I would love, 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 love to have you talk to me so we can get you just that much further along. So we live in a world that is really good at presenting itself. What do you think about that, Dars? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we've all seen those posts on Instagram where, you know, you look at the picture and you're like, whoa, that's so amazing. This looks awesome. And you might be jealous. You might, you know, envy them and you might wish, oh, I wish my house was like that. Or I wish, 
all of the things. And then they zoom out and it's like a disaster, like everywhere around, except for what you could see on social media. Sometimes I feel like I live in that house. Like it's, <laughs> you know, the, the reality of living with eight children is that almost no matter what, no matter where you are in your life. Somebody's s- trying to make a mess. Something's being messed up somewhere. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and why are they doing it? They're They're doing it so that they can get hearts and likes and shares and follows. And this is, this is kind of this thing that we do as people. And in talking about ways that we use other validation to get intimacy last week, we, I think we began to understand what, what it is that it looks like to present ourselves. So I just had this thought come to mind Hit me, and it's the idea of how so long with Pinterest and Instagram, we've seen these, you know, beautiful, perfect lives, right? Manicured. <laughs> yeah, and everything's looks so amazing. And and now I think we're starting to see where people are being a little bit more real on the internet. And we're starting to see that when they do that, like it goes viral, right? Because people are I think we crave realness, right? Like it's yeah, that's it's visually pleasing to look at a bunch of beautiful things but at some point it's like okay where's real life here yeah and so anyway yeah so last week we're we're like okay here's other valid intimacy and that's what you're doing uh you know you're seeking validation and we're beginning to understand what it is and how we might be working to get it from others which is what you see in those instagram posts and those pinterest posts but we didn't talk about why that's a problem we didn't talk about what makes that problematic. When we, when we talked about that last week, what we didn't get into was that relationships built on validation from others creates this cycle of self-presentation for validation, which eventually breaks down when one or more of the people involved doesn't want to play that game anymore. So there have been a number of scandals over the years where, you know, influencers are doing this work and they are presenting themselves in ways that aren't really genuine in an effort to gain that social media currency and then they you know they're putting forward this picture of themselves that's not real in an effort to be seen as more than what they are and they are you know they're doing fake houses and fake vacations and then when people find out they're like oh, we don't want to play this game with you anymore we're done with this game i think a a big example that comes to mind and you know i'm guessing there might be some people out there that know this that listen but uh, Rachel and Dave Hollis were a big one. Um, and you know, girl, wash your face. And they, you know, held marriage conferences and they did all the things and then like, bam, they got divorced. And, you know, that came out of left field for a lot of people. Yeah. Like everybody's like, what, like, what the heck? And, and, yeah. Yeah. And I, I did this, I did this to you, you know, as a pornography user, I was, you know, I was presenting myself. I would present Darcy with the reality that wasn't a reflection of who I was when I was alone with my inner thoughts, feelings, and behaviors. I was presenting myself to Darcy by not telling her actually how I felt. I was not real with you know, what was going on for me. I was actively trying to manage her impressions of me, how she felt about me, and her anxiety around the difficult subjects in our lives. And I would do this by not sharing you know, what was a difficult situation at work. 
I would do this by not showing her what I was stressed about. I would say, you know, instead, when I was stressed, I would say, oh, I was, I'm just tired. Um, I would find ways to avoid her when I had looked at por pornography, and I would lie about my pornography viewing. And I would tell myself that she couldn't handle it. That, you know, this is the way that I justified it. I would tell her, I would tell myself that I was only hurting me and that Darcy didn't need to actually know about this. And I was presenting a picture of who I was to Darcy in order to keep her happy, right? Quote, unquote, happy or quote, unquote, safe or, you know, to get her to like me so that she would give me things that I wanted, um, like sex. And when the reality was that I wasn't the person that I was saying that I was. Well, and, and you would be like, well, I'm just protecting her, right? Yeah. <laughs> that would be another one that you would, would say. And I think for me, sometimes I would have sex when I didn't really want to, or I would be more sexual and try and compete with what I believed that he was seeing in pornography because I thought, oh, if, I, if I'm more, if I'm more exciting, if, I'm, if I do you know, more things than, than, than he won't go to that. And, and it wasn't me being like, oh, I want to do these things. It was more out of trying to, be to present something yourself different than yeah. I really was in order to really to get control over Zach. Right. Like it was yeah <laughs> to get control over Zach and to feel like I had some, some power in it. Yeah. I think this, like this little cycle that we just kind of described really created a great deal of anxiety for me. It made me constantly nervous and I was, I was consistently anxious about our future and about uh, my ability to care for Darcy. Cause you know, if I can't tell her what's really going on for me, how can I take care of her? How can I, how can I really solve for a lot of these problems? And it left me really lonely and alone in very real ways, which Incidentally, you know, I've talked about this on the podcast. These are my biggest emotions that I often tried to escape, loneliness and being alone. And they were some of the main reasons I would turn to pornography. So in presenting myself to Darcy in that way, I was curating an image of me um, and really especially the false parts of it. And in doing that, I created a lack of in intimacy. I actually removed intimacy from our lives. I, you know, I made it so that she wasn't able to track in me the honesty and the openness that she wanted to see, which I think was the very thing that she would tell you she actually wanted, right? Was that mm -hmm. what you would say? Yeah. I wanted to know you as far as it made me feel okay. But when it really came down to it, when it made me not feel okay, I really didn't like it. In a very real sense, I was helping to create an environment that really encouraged Zach to present himself in a certain way. And that's not to say that he wasn't fully responsible for what he did and his actions and how he showed up. But I definitely, looking back, I can see how I really did create this environment where I did want Zach to be who I wanted him to be, right? I, you wanted me to be something I, <laughs> I never, I wasn't necessarily yet. Yeah. And I, again, that's not to say that this is your fault in any way. Don't, 
anybody listening to this, if that's the way, the way you interpreted it, then you've interpreted it incorrectly. I want you to really, really hear this because I don't want anybody to be like, she just blamed herself for Zach looking at porn. That's not true, right? What we are saying is we create environments within our relationships. And this is, you know, Jennifer Finlayson Fife uses the word meaning frame. And we talked about meaning frames a couple of weeks ago. And this, that's what this is. We create a framework within, we, within which we operate. Mm-hmm. And part of that framework from her perspective was not requiring me to present myself in a certain way, but not liking it if I didn't. Yeah. And when you didn't, it was really, it was really dysregulating for me yeah. emotionally. Yeah. You would get super upset and I didn't know how to like, I didn't know how to handle it. I didn't know how to like make you happy. Yeah, I remember one time. Um, I don't know if you want me to share. Yeah, this, share. Anyway, anyways, tell everyone um, <laughs> all of the very, very saucy details of our yeah, lives. Yeah, so when we were like newly married, my mom got him an interview at the hospital that she uh-huh. worked at, and like the guy gave feedback, and it was it did not go well, or the lady. Yeah, and I remember like that was really, really hard for me to hear because. In my mind, I was like, nope, Zach's amazing. He's awesome. He's perfect. <laughs> and so it was really hard to get to really hear that feedback that my mom yeah. was giving. I think it was harder for you than it was for me, but I think it was hard for me because it felt very disappointing. Yeah. For you. Yeah. Like I felt like I had disappointed you. Oh, you hearing did. that. <laughs> well, oh. I was. Let's be honest. I was not. I mean, I was. I was a kid. I and I was going for you know grown up positions, and I I did not. I wasn't good at it yet. Yeah. And that was that was okay, but that's the kind of thing that we're talking about here. Like, if Darcy had insisted that, you know, her mom was wrong, and there was no question, and you know she was unwilling to hear that, and it would make her very emotional and very upset, and to the point where her mom was like, "Oh, I can't actually tell Darcy anything." That's what we're talking about. That's the kind of environment that we create in our relationships. And we all do this. We do it some in small ways, and, and I think most of us do this in significant ways. The, I think the reality is, is that being able to present a picture of who we are to others is a valuable tool that helps us advance our interests. As far as I can tell, it also seems to allow us to keep things that aren't really good to share with everyone to ourselves. But there's also you know, a really valuable way that this tool can help us advance our lives and our careers in, I'm not going to call it innocuous ways, but in ways that aren't necessarily bad. Yes. So Zach and I were at the gym and we were listening to this book. We each had a AirPod. AirPod. Yeah. (laughs) We're technology. We're big into technology here at our house. I could be all the way across the gym listening to the same thing Darcy's listening to. Yeah. And, and we wanted to listen to the same (laughs) book. So we were, we were listening to this book called, uh, Willpower Isn't Enough by Benjamin Hardy. And in it, he was talking about a real estate agent who, you know, did okay, but then he bought himself a Tesla. He did okay enough that he could buy himself a Tesla. Yeah, and, and this was, like, years and years ago, so not like maybe, when maybe everybody Teslas seemed more, to drive Yeah, more Teslas. awesome then. Um, and he, you know, he posted it on, I'm guessing at the time, it was probably Facebook, I don't remember. Uh, <laughs> and... All this, like his real estate business yeah. grew. Like people started following him because of his Tesla, and then people other real estate agents started like reached out to him and yeah, reached, and yeah, referring to him. And so it like 
catapulted his success by him presenting himself as someone who drives a fancy car. Yeah, which I think this is not, like, this is a somewhat, I think, innocuous way that this self-presentation thing happens and and works. Um, And I think there's also detrimental ways that self-presentation shows up in our lives. I don't know if you've ever had this experience, but Zach and I have. And it's, you know, you have a friend or maybe there's someone at church that maybe you you might even look up to them and you... you, They might be the bishop or the stake president. Or or like a counselor. Yeah. You know, and and you look and you, you see their marriage, you see them interacting in public and they seem to just have like so much chemistry and just like, wow, like that's a really awesome marriage. And then all of a sudden they're divorced and it just, it, it, it comes out of nowhere for the people that are on the outside looking in, obviously for that couple, it didn't come out of nowhere. And so, you know, it's just, it's just interesting to see how others present themselves mm-hmm to the world yeah. when maybe behind closed doors, it doesn't look anything like the way they present themselves on the outside. Yeah. And I think there's a little bit of a time and place issue here that we run into with a lot of things that are important to us, but that they wouldn't be appropriate to share with everyone at all times. And I think this is where we move into the ambiguity of being the person that we want to be. It's not like hard and fast rules you share this kind of thing with absolutely everyone or you share that kind of thing with absolutely no one but your wife. The, the thing is, if we only ever told the truth, you know, what was absolutely real for us at all times to everyone in every situation, you know, there's a good chance that we would alienate ourselves from people around us. Um, and, you know, imagine going into work and telling your personal business to everyone at work, regardless of the details, in an effort to be entirely transparent, honest, and open you'd probably not last very long at that job. I know for me, this is something that's been a really tricky thing for me to navigate because I am one of those people that I try to be like a super honest and transparent and like who I am. Like I try to really be who I am to everybody. It's really hard for me not to. So you know, for me, if if someone was talking about pornography, I either felt like, oh my gosh, I'm totally lying to these people or I was telling the truth. And so, yeah. So for me, I've had to really learn to navigate that as best as I can. And I think that it's a tricky, it's a tricky thing for me as, as someone who wants to be transparent and honest as much as possible to realize okay, there are some situations where I can't. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I think there is one person that it may be in our best long-term interest to share who we are with, like 100% who we are. Now, of course, if you're in the CIA or something like that and you have like, <laughs> uh, you know, state secrets that you're not supposed to share, you know, please don't do that. That's not what we're saying here. Um, but, uh, you know, let's just kind of back up for a second. Let's talk about what does it mean when I say who we are, like what is the idea of who we are? And um, just to kind of like put a really fine point on this, we present a picture of who we are to those around us. We, uh, our work has a picture that we choose to show them. 
Uh, a church has a picture of who we are based on what we choose to show them. Our children who we live with, they even have a special view that we present to them of who we are based on um, the things that we want to share with them. And I think theirs is a lot more intimate. Even And they will see things that are... Um, they will see things that aren't part of the presentation because they live with us. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. And, and it's interesting. You, you know, you always see these conversations about, you know, do we stay married for the kids or do we get divorced a lot of times in the, yeah. in the social media groups. And oftentimes there's children whose parents were divorced or whose parents stayed together because of it. Yeah. And they're always like, I knew my parents were miserable. Yeah. Right. And so even if we're trying to present present something. a certain thing to our children, you know, to make it seem like everything's okay, kids are really, really good at tracking yeah, their parents totally. and figuring out what's going on. And and this is a little side note, but our, our oldest daughter, she could always tell when I was pregnant. Like I could never keep it from her because she would would track me. She would see like what I bought at the store. She would, you know, see that I was, you know, getting sick in the bathroom or maybe I was going to the bathroom a lot or I was whispering with Zach. Like she always figured it out. Even when she was young. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like she was really young and she would always, always figure it out. But I think that's a good argument or a good, at least note, note to just kind of say, people figure it out. People are paying attention to you even if you don't think they are. So in all of those examples, I, th- I think, you know, you see all of them, and then there's our spouse, who is probably the person who knows us the most out of any of those people. It, likely, you might be, you know, particularly good at not sharing with your spouse, but that is the person who likely knows us the, the best. And once we peel away all the layers and we stop showing people who we want them to know we are, like we peel away all the ideas that we start to push out into the world that say, this is who I think you should think that I am. <laughs> then we are just left with who we are when we are alone with ourselves. That's what I mean when I talk about who we are. And this is our personality at its core. This is who you are at your core. This is the place where, you know, there are things that you know about yourself that maybe no other person knows. It's the place where we put things that are the most true about us by the way, this isn't to say that those things can't change, but this is just where the reality is right then. This is who we are. In an ideal world, the person that we can share this stuff with and be the most real with is our is our partner, our spouse. It really boils down to how intimate we want to be. Some of us really don't want intimacy in our lives. What we really want is a relationship where you tell me I'm awesome and I'll tell you that I think you're awesome and it could totally be a lie, but we can live in this fantasy where we're both awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, wait a minute. What's happening here? Are you telling me I'm not awesome? You're awesome at some things. Yeah, that's true. Not all the things. You're pretty awesome at lots of things too. (laughs) This is, we talked about this a little bit in the, in the other validation video uh, in terms of how we are. um, So this is, I think these are two components that go super well together. Um, other validation or validation from others is is them telling us we're awesome, and self-validation is knowing that I'm awesome and I don't need somebody else to tell me. Um, self-presentation uh, and 
we're going to talk about self-disclosure here in a minute, but self-presentation is usually what we do to get other people to validate us. You see how those go together? And that is, I think, a really important distinction here. But to create the intimacy that we want in our lives, we have to be willing to stop presenting ourselves to others and start doing the self-disclosure. Yeah, and for some of us, we don't really want our partner to tell us what is really going on. because <laughs> Right, like that example really, you gave. Yeah, what's of, really going on is scary. Yeah. Like, I know a lot of people when, say, their husband uh, views pornography, oftentimes we really want to rush to, you know, to forgive, forget, move on, and get back to, like, status to, quo. Yeah, to because, status right? That, that stasis, that's what it's called. Stasis, which is like <laughs> this space where we're not really being intimate. We're not being real, but we are not fighting and we're all telling each other we're all good. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's really, really uncomfortable when it's not in that place. Yeah. It, no, it really is. It's uncomfortable to, to self-disclose. So it's uncomfortable for me to say, Hey, this is what's actually happening for me. And it's also really uncomfortable sometimes for our partner to hear that self-disclosure and that shatters the idea the image that we want to have of our partner yeah what do you mean you want me to look like a knight in shining armor all the time at least you used to not anymore yeah i used to but not anymore (laughs) anymore you're like i know your warts (laughs) um i think a good way to explain this uh you know the, the way that we kind of operate in this is to kind of go back to high school. If you are like me, you might have been interested in certain things in high school that might have labeled you as not cool, right? And, and in high school, we're not really willing to take a lot of risks and to create intimacy, which is the most fulfilling kind of intimacy. We have to be willing to take a risk and we have to risk being rejected by others. So if you were in high school, you might have, been labeled a nerd if you like Star Wars or Star Trek, and you might have been maybe a popular kid that worried if others knew how much you liked band, you'd lose credibility. All the things that you liked that maybe you worried that your friends might make fun of you for, right? They, they'd be like, they find out about your hobby of playing with Polly Pockets when you're in high school. <laughs> and this you know, is not a true story. This is not a true story. <laughs> um, and you know, for whatever reason, you just wouldn't take that risk. You you were unwilling to risk with them. But you you never know. Maybe you have a friend who also likes playing Polly Pockets. And it could have been a lifelong amazing friendship, but you would never take that risk. That's kind of what I'm talking about here. And I think we often think there are only about two outcomes. Either people are going to reject you and judge you and never talk to you again, or they would just be like, just exactly like you, but you couldn't ever take that risk because it was too high a risk to take. And this all sounds super shallow, but I think, I think, you know, that kind of, I'm not going to risk in high school sort of thing was real for a lot of people. Um, And now if you think about the things that you keep from your husband or your wife that you think would make them reject you or reject something about you, the things that you feel like you are keeping from them to protect them from you, from the real person that you are when you're alone with yourself, that's self-disclosure. 
that's stu- that's the stuff that you would give in self-disclosure. And self-disclosure is really, really scary, especially when it comes to pornography use. Overcoming pornography is a struggle in and of itself, but telling others about it can be debilitating. It is, I think, fraught with a lot of fear and that very real fear of being rejected. I mean, we deal with this all the time with spouses. Um, I cannot tell you how many times I've heard somebody say, my wife told me she would divorce me if she found out I was looking at porn. How many times did you tell me you were going to divorce me if I looked at porn again? Mm-hmm. Probably wasn't very many. <laughs> Maybe it was some. I don't, I don't remember any specific incident. Do you? Where you were like, I'm going to divorce you if you look at porn again. I don't know. I'm sure I said it in in anger at one point. I'm sure I did. Yeah, probably. But I know for me, like before I found out you looked at porn, I was like, oh, pornography is a deal breaker. Like yeah. you look at porn, I'm out. Yeah. So. And I think that's kind of, well, not kind of, but that's, I think where a lot of people really live with this. They live in a place of like total fear around this subject. Here's the thing. If you want to be successful at overcoming pornography, you have to have the skill of being real with your partner. Being the person that you really are with them is a skill. And here's here's like a pet theory of mine. One of the reasons that I think men and women turn to pornography is that they are afraid of rejection and pornography never tells them no. It never does, right? It never says that your idea is unacceptable. It never rejects the thing that you want. It's always on, always available, always whatever it is that you can search up. One of the reasons that we often are afraid of intimacy and self-disclosure is because our partner and others around us are not only capable of telling us no, but they do it on the regular. (laughs) And if you want to be able to overcome pornography you've got to be able to hear that no. One of the reasons that we're not able to eliminate pornography is that this thing we do, even if we talk about it after we've done it, it's just ours. It belongs to us. It, it doesn't belong to anyone else, and it never rejects us. And to be capable of overcoming pornography and entering into deeper intimacy with our partner, we have to be willing to brave that rejection. And... We really have to be willing and able to endure the intense feelings that come from that and then evaluate why it is that we've been rejected and whether or not the rejection is worth turning back to pornography and then still choosing our partner. This is not easy. This is not easy work. This is why I think everybody needs a coach. And I think this is the part that if you can do this, if you can self-disclose, right, here's what's really happening for me. So in my, in my uh, membership, in the membership and with the clients that we work with, I have uh, a little drill, an experiment I have people run. And this experiment is a self-disclosure experiment. You, I... I cannot tell you how many people come to me and they're like, this changed the entire landscape of our marriage. And this experiment is all about just being willing to stand in and let your partner know how you're doing without wanting them to do anything about it. 
and it's a fantastic little experiment and I love teaching it to people because it really changes the process that they go through when they think about what should I tell my partner it changes their willingness to go through the difficulty of being real with their partner and I think for Darcy and I this has been this has been an evolution for us we we had to figure out this stuff on our own like there wasn't anybody who was like all right here's try this experiment try that experiment these are things that worked for us we had to figure out a lot of this stuff on our own. So I hope that you take us up on our offer to engage with this and, and really try out this stuff because it's, it's fun and it will make your marriage better. It'll make you a better person. So what else? <laughs> I was just thinking when you were talking about self-disclosure, I was like, okay, well, what part did I, did I play in that and how did that go? And, I just, I just saw myself evolve from the early or periods when you would try to share things with me and I would really just kind of get upset about it Uh versus, you know, towards where we started really making progress where you could call me and say, oh my gosh, I I would totally want to go look at pornography right now. Uh You know, like you could tell me that and I wouldn't like freak out. Yeah. You know, when I was able to be like, oh, what's going on? Right. Versus like, what do you mean you want to look at porn? What are you doing? Are you by your computer? You know, like <laughs> all the things where right, I would start to, to like go to control yeah. mode. It was more like, oh, really? That's interesting. What's going on? Why do you want to do that? Well, the thing that the thing that I, I think made it move even further was we stopped focusing on porn and we started focusing on what was going on before porn became a thought or an idea. Yeah. Because that's where the rubber meets the road. It's what's what's going on for you emotionally? Why are you feeling what you're feeling? What are you feeling? And are you conscious of that? What is creating that feeling? And, and being curious about it. Because seriously, like the truth is, is that we all can numb out almost 24 seven if we wanted to, right? We all have these amazing phones. I literally have one in my hand right now. I like to call them supercomputers that we carry around in our pockets. Yeah. Cause honestly we could, we could just pick it up, put in whatever we want, do whatever we want and not have to deal with anything around us. Yeah. And, and this is, this is why, I think this is why a lot of self-disclosure and self-confrontation and uh, other validated intimacy and self-validation are difficult concepts, especially right now, because we don't have to feel bad. We don't have to go through the discomfort of all these different concepts. And if we don't exercise that muscle it atrophies it doesn't work and then we're stuck and we have to start over and we have to relearn those those concepts and that's a lot of the work that we do with people individuals with uh, Darcy does it with wives I do it with my clients we do it in the membership for our membership this is the work that we do so if you want help doing this work feel free to sign up for the membership you can just go to zaxpaffer.com slash work with me or uh, well, I guess you can set up a console there, but you can go to zaxpafford.com and there's a button that says join the membership. And just click that. 
make it happen. But more than anything, we hope that this is helping you move forward. Just one step. You don't have to be perfect today. Just get one step further. And I think, you know, one thing you could do is what is one thing that I am too scared to share with my partner? Yeah. Right? And just kind of think about that. What is it that I'm too afraid to tell my partner right now? And then decide, well, could I just do it anyways? Yeah. Right? Can I share what's true for me with my partner and know that they might hate what I say and they might get upset about it and they might give us some serious invalidation, but am I willing to do it anyways? Am I willing to share what's true for me, what's going on for me, even though my spouse might not like what I have to say, or even though it might cause my spouse to really pretty much invalidate me and make me feel crappy. Can I still share? Am I willing to risk? Yeah. And I think the only way that this works is if you don't expect anything from them, they get to react however they want. Their job is not to solve your problems. They're, They're not looking, you're not looking to them for anything other than to just let them know who you are. And that's what self-disclosure looks like. All right, you guys. Have a great week. We love you. We'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Thrive Beyond Pornography. If you're seeking guidance and support to overcome pornography for good and begin creating a thriving life beyond it, check out my free webinar, How to Overcome Pornography with Skills That Actually Work. You'll learn practical, proven skills guided by an expert coach who has personally overcome pornography. Whether you're getting started for just yourself or along with your spouse, Darcy and I can teach you the tools that will help you put your life on the right path for you. Be sure to check out the show notes for a direct link and... If you could take a moment to leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts, it would mean the world to us. Your reviews play a significant role in helping others discover the show so they can join us on this transformative journey. Thank you for being part of the Thrive Beyond Pornography community. Until our next episode, stay strong, stay focused, and keep thriving.